0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers, my name is Jason, this should be episode 421, and it is, how about that. Welcome to the show, Uh, no need for a green screen today, I know it's kind of bright back there, but it ain't too bad, it's a little overcast today. So I think we're okay. Uh, What do we have this week? Uh, This week there's some new Final Fantasy Tactics, get used to me saying that, we've got a while to go yet with that. Uh, Hopefully, we're going to have the finale of Return of the Obra Dinn by the time you get around to uh, seeing this. Uh, This week, we're going to read some reviews for Genghis Khan 2. We're going to talk about Ghouls and Ghosts for the Sega Genesis. And then we'll have our Movie of the Week and our Weekly Warren as well. Um, That's all I got. Real quick, brief intro today. I'm kind of happy about that. The time is yesteryear when knights scoured the countryside in search of the Holy Grail, defended the honor of fair maidens, and fought a never-ending battle against rampant evil forces. Thrown into this mayhem is the courageous Sir Arthur, a victorious knight with the awesome task of penetrating the demon's castle to pulverize the Prince of Darkness. Can he do it? It's up to you. You'll dangerously travel through the Palace of Execution, the Village of Decay, the Town of Fire, and the Crystal Forest, with an arsenal of weapons at your side. And when you're really down on your luck, magic fights might with powerful results. The only problem is you'll have to learn how to use it, and avoid it, because their magic has the power to change you into a helpless duck, among other things. But there's not much time. Lives depend on you, so brandish your sword and make mincemeat of your foes. That is Ghouls and Ghosts for the Sega Genesis, an action platformer from Sega. Uh, I thought Capcom did it, but I guess Sega did the whole thing for a ye olde Genesis. Released in 1989. um, it's, It's in that whole Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts, whatever, whatever thing. Uh... There's this one. There's the NES one. There's a Super Nintendo one. There's probably a Game Boy Advance port. There's a couple of PC ports. I'm sure there's a 16-bit arcade version as well. Um, played this one because I'd never played this one. I'd played the Super Nintendo one a couple times. I think I have it. I've played the NES one once or twice. The NES one's pretty bad. Um, this one's pretty bad too. Parts of this one directly made it uh, made it. Excuse me. Directly into the modern remake of the thing I forget what it's called Annihilation or something like that it do not matter um, but yeah I think I think of all of them that I've played the Super Nintendo one is the best this one looks fine the weapons are weird the stages are kind of okay but it, give me the option I'll play the Super Nintendo one over this one any day of the week except today we're doing something different today we So it is review time. Hello. What are you doing? Sorry. That needed addressed. Um reviews. That's what we're doing because I have them right here. Uh let's see. Any Can I move that monitor a little bit? I can. Uh, let's take this one... There's not many. There's two folds and five quicks. None of them are from regular contributors. So we're just gonna take these couple. Kind of at random. L. Blight in 2000 says, Probably the best, quote, Old school Koei game. There are three classic Koei games, in my opinion. One of them being Nobunaga's Ambition. Another being The Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and the third, and probably the least known classic, <coughs> excuse me, is Genghis Khan, and in my opinion, the best set of games. Why? Well, I got two words for you here. World Conquest. This is probably the coolest feature on any Koei game. Graphics, 8 out of 10. The world map is average, it looks like. <coughs> Pardon me. That's an odd sentence. Let me start that over. The world map is average, it looks like, the world of 1215, the time of Genghis Khan. There are 33 different territories, each territory marked by various colors, i.e. the Mongolians are green, the Japanese are yellow, the English are light blue with light white dots. It is very easy to tell what country is ruled by who. There are also planning phase pictures, which look basic. You can tell what looks like what, peasant loyalty, troop training, number of troops, All in all, the planning, which look basic, you can tell what looks... Oh, excuse me. All in all, the planning phase graphics are of average Koei fair. And I've said this before, but, quote, they get the job done. This one started out promising. It's turned weird. Uh, Random punctuation, random misplaced capitalization, uh, sentences... That shouldn't be inserts into sentences that shouldn't be there Um, so the first sentence of paragraph two, where we're talking about graphics which got the 8 out of 10 I'm gonna read the full sentence and I will insert the punctuation the world capital W map is average it looks like comma the world not capitalized of 1215 comma the time of Genghis Khan so the whole thing the world map is average it looks like the world of 1215, the time of Genghis Khan. Maybe you see why I'm having a struggle with this one. Plus, there's no um, space between the the paragraphs. It's just it's not like a wall of text, but it's just there's no there's no break, and you need that break because your eye wants to go and find the the blank. You know, it's important. Uh, let's see, battle phase graphics, comma, there are two sections of the battle phase graphics, comma, the section where you move your troops and the actual combat section, comma, I'll get to that part in a second period. The troops on the overhead movement phase look basically like ants walking along the country, comma, which is okay, comma, because you see the whole territory you're wrong you're invading, comma, which is nicely done, might I add. One time parentheses would have been appropriate. There are forests and mountains, which are geographically capital P placed, period, the actual, capital A, combat phase graphics, comma, look a little cartoonish, comma, but, period, that's no apostrophe, just fine by my I'm not worried about looking at at cartoon characters, I'm looking at enemies I want to destroy, period. Overall, Genghis Khan 2's graphics are well done. Why I have a big coffee cup. Sound of music, eight out of ten. As you move across the capital W world, comma the music changes. Period. Basically, if you start in Japan, comma you hear quaint Japanese tone. Comma then when you move to China slash Mongolia, comma you hear Asian type music. Comma everything is well done. Comma and the only reason I didn't get a higher score is because it's no apostrophe dated. Period. But overall, Genghis Khan. He spelled Khan wrong. He got it right the first time, but every other time he's spelling it K-A-H-N. But overall Genghis Khan 2's music is very capital V good, comma, and it sets you in the mood to play, comma, and when you conquer different territories, comma, you will be prepared to hear different music, period. This did I tell you guys about Caleb's Dream, the book we're reading in 372 pages? Um Pause. Pause review. Okay. We're going to come over here. We're going to pull up Caleb's dream. Need to sign in. Yeah. I promise there's a reason for this. Okay. So I'm going to go... I'm on page 62 of 264 of this book I'm gonna go oh, right here page 37 I'm gonna pick a random thing on this page I'm gonna read it out loud and I'm going to insert punctuation etc cetera, etc cetera. and you tell me if, if it sounds familiar okay uh, let's do oh let's do the long one I do comma this is in quotes Quote, I do, comma, come in the morning just after dawn and we shall go to the castle of Katozia in Auzoruta, period. End quote. I thanked him for informing me, period. We then parted ways and the door soon shut now the room stood silent, period. I took Hope's hand and walked with her to the room, comma, and then left for mine, period. I sat now once again at my desk looking down on the still open book of blank pages, comma, wanting so much to write in something of the day, period. Instead, however, I found residing in the comfort of my bed much more to my liking, period. It was probably due to the late hour, period. The cool breeze from the pristine land filled my room, slowly putting me to sleep, period. I envisioned the castle of which I was to begin building tomorrow once more, then drifted into darkness, period. Now that one wasn't terrible, but this guy who wrote this book, he he likes his commas, and he likes bold. Chapter one is bold, chapter two is not. Chapter three is bold. Let me go and find one more. One more, not not a terribly long one. Because sometimes, you know, it's it's a page, like this, and sometimes it's one paragraph all the way across, as I do hand gestures for the video viewers. Uh, Let's try, here, let's do this one. Again, just randomly picked. Iris, this is in quotes. Iris has, comma, I found my new bedspread, but I still would like to look over the quill pens, comma, before we go come on everyone, period, end quote. I darted to the northeastern part of the square called the scribe's quarters, period. Here all the paper, comma, parchment, comma, ink, comma, pens, comma, and books are found, period. In other words, comma, all of written nature can be purchased here, period. I walked through the maze of vendors, comma, reading the numerous signs, dot, 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 capital I, ink, comma, capital P, parchment, comma, capital W, wells, comma, capital S, scrolls, comma, to capital B, books, comma, and finally, capital fine, capital Q, quill, capital P, pens. Our, our, our author, <coughs> um, he writes like this, according to people who have seen what he does in forums. That's just that's just how he writes. Anyway, back to Genghis Khan too. So every time I read this, I think of that. That was the, that was the point. Uh, sounds. The sounds, comma, there aren't many sounds to Genghis Khan too, comma, a confirmation, capital N noise to confirm that it's your turn, comma. A cancel sound are basically the only capital N noises you hear in the planning phase, period. The capital C combat phases sounds are basically sounds of capital C combat, period. Swords clanging, comma, catapults launching, comma, elephants wailing, period. All in all good sounds for combat. Right. Gameplay 8 out of 10. What other capital S strategy game where you can have capital S samurai's, comma, knights and capital L legions of elephants all in the same capital U unit? Question mark? Only Genghis Khan 2 can do this. The capital G gameplay is well done comma capital S simple menu commands that even a beginner can pick up and play period wars and battles are also very simple comma there are four ways to win a battle comma one parenthesis one close parenthesis capital T take all cities Two close parenthesis capital D destroy the commanding unit three close parenthesis capital D destroy all caps all units and four close parenthesis capital N negotiate a capital S surrender period. Combat is capital A, also very easily done, comma, no space. You have movement points, comma, and attacking takes up some points, period. Combat is fun! Finally, comma, capital T, there are four capital S scenarios, comma, capital W, while three of them are basically the same, comma, it still provides a wide depth of capital C challenge, period. The oddball capital S scenario is capital C cool, comma, because you can unify capital M Mongolia and then try to take over the world, period. The biggest complaint about this game is, comma, capital T, the frequency of internal rebellions by provincial governors, comma, especially when your capital L leader dies. If you have an empire of 20 capital C countries where your leader dies, comma, expect at least a quarter of them to revolt, comma, which is a pain in the butt to reconquer period. But, comma, that once again is somewhat of a minor gripe, comma, it's debatable. No apostrophe on the its. Overall 8 out of 10. Best old school Konami game. I consider a Koei game to be old school when it's on the old eight and sixteen bit systems. Close parentheses. If you love Koei games or strategy in particular, go and find this game. You will like it much. That was a that was an adventure, Elblight. Blight. Thank you. Moving on though, let's see what Waffen eight 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 had to say in 2004. Waffen says one of Koei's best. The Mongol Grey Wolves are back with a vengeance. Genghis Khan 2 takes you, the player, back to the middle age with the goal of conquering the known world in a way in the way, excuse me, you feel it should have been done. A vast improvement over the original. There is an original. Genghis Khan 2 gives you more rulers, more items, more options, a variety of soldiers and the most spectacular option more scenarios including a fictional scenario of World Conquest. Gameplay 8 out of 10. While difficult at first, this game can be quickly mastered, especially if you're a veteran of Genghis Khan on the NES or any other Koei game. First off, the wars in this game are much easier compared to its predecessor and generals who declare independence have also been cut back. Secondly, the random disasters have been toned down significantly. Oh sure, there's sand twisters in the Middle East and blizzards and typhoons, but the plague is a rarity. Third, the economy has been totally redone. You know exactly how much food and gold you will receive each year. All specialty items made throughout your empire are automatically sent to wherever your ruler resides and there's a button to tell you where all the merchants in the game are currently located. With all the new features, it is easy to lose yourself in the enjoyment of running your empire. As for playability, the controls can be a little confusing if you don't have the instructions as the selections have a little graphing next to them and many of them look similar. We'll get into some of the stuff he's talking about here uh, after the review, you know, when I kind of wrap up a little. So if you're confused, don't worry about it. Why is that happening? That shouldn't happen. We need that. That? No. Sorry. I will try to remember to cut this out. Probably didn't, but I'm going to try and remember to. Uh, Graphics: 7 out of 10. Graphically, this game is nothing special, and quite frankly none of Koei's games for the Super Nintendo have been. The character portraits look fine, though your successors, who are not historical, tend to look very much alike. The world map is also nothing special. The territories are color-coordinated with the country color that currently controls it. The battle map is also very bland, with usual Koei fare of trees, mountains, and water bodies although typhoons and sandstorms that can occur during battles are quite amusing to watch. But let's face it, you play Koei games for the fascination with the past and not for the graphics. I think that's accurate. Sound of Music 9 and 10. 9 out of 10 excuse me. The music in Genghis Khan 2 is a striking striking—excuse improvement over its predecessors. While time and technology will do that, Genghis Khan 2's themes actually feel like they belong in the game itself. Like Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan 2 divides the music that plays in the territories into regions, Western and Eastern Europe, the Middle East, Southern Asia, Central Asia, China, Japan, and Mongolia. Each region has its own unique music that fits into the theme of the land. The war music is exceptional as well with different tunes ranging from a fast-paced to drawn-out confrontational-style tunes. Playtime and replayability, 10 out of 10. Depending on your playstyle, you can win this game in the span of perhaps 30 game years or longer. It's all up to you. Hours of replayability are to be had, playing as different rulers through each of the four scenarios. Overall 8 out of 10. Overall I'd give Genghis Khan 2 an 8 out of 10. Improvements in the way of the economy is handled and distribution of supplies in the game made it much friendlier to those who have trouble doing incessant micromanagement. The risk of losing your wife and children to disease adds to the challenge and the new army units allow specialty armors to be made for various types of terrain. Any Koei fan or gamer with a love for history and strategy elements should check out Genghis Khan too sometime for a thoroughly enjoyable experience. Waffen 8888. Pep, Pep. And finally, Wanderer 35 in 2003 brings us If you ever get to play Genghis Khan 4, you will never want to play this game again. Storyline 6 out of 10 Genghis Khan 4 had more rulers to offer you and you can choose to be anyone. There are also more officers to choose from. Your officers did not betray you for no reason in Genghis Khan 4. This one does it as long as he is not your son-in-law. I find this idea lame and going against the storyline. Did you review the storyline? What is the storyline? You didn't mention. Soundtrack. 5 out of 10. No, the soundtrack is terrible. Genghis Khan 4 has a bitter soundtrack. As for sound effects, this one cannot be worth hearing either. Graphics. 7 out of 10. The graphics are okay for a Genesis game. I'm not... I had. I selected Super Nintendo. I mean, the game is quite dated, but it is still acceptable. Gameplay. 5 out of 10. 1. The lack of characters to choose from made this game's replay value to be poor. There are more rulers to choose from in the Three Kingdom or Bandit King games. 2. The lack of guys to recruit also hurt this game. I mean sure there are many jobbers to be found and jobbers to be your sons in this game, but after playing Genghis Khan 4, I realized that this game actually left out many historical generals and officers that can join your forces. This aspect made the game's human resource management to be boring. 3. To beat this game you need to save and reload often. This is not because you made a wrong decision or you lose battles while attacking, the problem is your officers that you choose to be your governor is not your son-in-law, thus there is a high chance that he will become his own ruler. How unrealistic is this? I did not know know that I should save and reload and thus very often could not complete this game because my officers kept fording their own empires. My friend says I will try to have many son-in-laws by marrying my daughters to them. Nice try I say because creating daughters take time. Time which could have been spent in battles or other stuff. Finally, another friend of mine told me how he unified the world. I save at every turn and reload whenever I am unlucky, which is often. Yes, when the guy starts a rebellion and becomes his own master, I simply reload. The bottom line is that this process makes this game boring since trying to remember to save every turn is troublesome. Also if the enemy is really smart, I can accept it but to save because of some unreasonable rule is just too much. Conclusion. This game is really badly made. I had a hard time unifying the world, but not because of the AI is terrible, but because the rules that are set are lame. Fortunately, they finally made much improvements in Genghis Khan 4. I would recommend that you get this game if you can find it. I played the Chinese version on the PC, and that one completely right. All the mistakes in this one. Wanderer 35 gave it a 6. Okay. I have some aspirin here, and I was going to take it earlier, and I didn't. I'm going to do it now, because now I need it. Um, And I don't know quite. Wanderer isn't reviewing this game. He's comparing it to another game. And if Genghis Khan 2 came out in 1993, let's see when Genghis Khan 4 came out. Uh, if I'm looking at this right, this says 1998, so five years later, uh, on the PC and PlayStation only. I don't see a Genghis Khan 3, though. There's one in 85, one in 87, one in 92, and one in 98. Anyway. So let's talk about a couple of things that that people have complained about. (laughs) Um... I think the graphics are fine they're not they're not amazing like oh my gosh this is chrono trigger level stuff it's not but it's good you can everything is bright colorful organized the the maps look good it's really easy to tell what is and isn't under control of somebody the faces look good a lot of them are reused because it's it's like we have seven head styles and we have 18 hairstyles we have six hat styles and beard and you know and it just cycles through. That's um uh, if you've played any uh Destiny of an Emperor, it's similar to the face styles in those. Uh, you know, two people can look exactly alike except one will have a different mustache. Kinda of stuff like that. Uh so graphics I think are fine. They everything that you need it to do it does. I think the music is excellent. I think the sound effects are okay. It's it's not a action game so it doesn't need a lot of sound effects so I think they're fine too um story's pretty basic trying to take over the world what are you gonna do gameplay wise that's where this game really hits its depth um you do have to manage a lot you have to manage not only money and food coming in but money and food going out when you hire troops um if you hire locals to be troops It reduces your popularity, which increases the risk of an uprising. We'll talk about those in a minute. But you have to pay them every month, and if you hire more than you can afford to pay every month, then some are going to quit. You can hire mercenaries. If there's a merchant in your territory, there isn't always. Uh, Mercenaries cost more. They usually don't have to be trained up as much, but they don't give you the ding to popularity. If you need to boost your popularity, you can do a couple of things. You can give people money, you can give them food, you can give them items. Every region of the game has, like, its special export, whether it be woodworking, gems, spices, textiles, silk, whatever. Every region has a thing that it does, and it's kind of, you know it's the thing that they do that they sell and you can give you can give all that stuff away you can buy it when it's priced low you can sell it when it's priced high to try and play the market that helps a little bit um as i mentioned you do have to train your troops you do have the option to have children in the game some leaders start with children already some of the children are pretty decent some of the children are absolutely terrible at everything uh, you can make your son's generals, you can make those generals take over for you when you pass away. Uh, because you do age as the game goes on, every leader has body points, basically stamina, and every action takes so much stamina, and depending on the stats of your leader, the amount of stamina that takes it takes to do things changes. If you're more politically suave, it takes a little less. If you have more military skill, that takes a little less, but other things will take more. So there's a lot of variety in how you have to approach the game depending on the leader you choose. Uh, So you need to spend time with your family. If you do that often enough, then maybe you end up having a kid. If you have a daughter, you can marry the daughter off to one of your generals. That general becomes a son-in-law. That son-in-law will never rebel against you. Um, if you have a son, that son will never rebel against you either. Uh, when people do rebel against you, you have to kind of... there. There's not a really good way to tell, because you can play a game and you can have somebody that you recruit, and you can put them in charge of a country, and they never ever ever rebel. Ever ever ever. But then the next time you play, you might wait five years and then they rebel. So, it's hard to know for sure you just learn as you go this person is somebody who's very ambitious and if i put them in charge they're going to try and take over but if i put an idiot in charge and put this really smart guy in as his advisor he's not going to rebel and the country might actually run okay so you have to kind of balance that as for internal struggles um i think somebody mentioned a a peasant rebellion We mentioned popularity. You have a popularity rating. Every governor in every territory has a popularity rating. And if they tax people a lot, if people are hungry, if you're recruiting soldiers a lot, if you're going to war a lot, and you're losing, your popularity drops. You're more likely to have a rebellion Then you, the big boss, has to handle that rebellion Either by going and dealing with it yourself, or sending someone else in. And if you send someone else in, you want to make sure that they're charismatic enough that they can take care of the people, but not so overly ambitious that they're going to try and rebel against you themselves. There's a lot to juggle with it, but I think it's done very well. It, it just takes time. Like I said, when I had the game, I didn't have the instruction manual, so I I tripped a lot. I screwed up a lot. Uh, you know I don't think it's all that bad to tell you the truth um yeah I think that's about all I got for you I just I think it's a really good little solid game and if you're into uh, the historical simulation stuff uh, it's absolutely worth a try you. <music> Movie time. Um, slightly shifting gears from airplane, we're going to look at Annie Hall this week. Um, Annie Hall is a Woody Allen movie. I know a lot of people are unsure about Woody Allen, uh, but you know, I. We all have a person, celebrity or otherwise, where we are able to separate the art. String, the art from the artist and. You know, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, Ted Nugent, um, Kid Rock, uh, what's his name, R. Kelly, Woody Allen, you know, there, there's there's good uh, Bill Cosby, there, there are really talented people who've done some really terrible things, and you can choose, and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to, uh, justify this in any way to anybody if, if there's something that you like that somebody did even though that person may be a little questionable uh, that's fine I really like Woody Allen movies I think they're funny I think they're witty I think his dramas are some of the best have ever been made and I think same thing about his comedies Annie Hall here is um it's just really good man it's a uh, it's about relationships it's about our our character um Alvy Alvy Singer Woody Allen's character and Diane Keaton's character Annie Hall and like they they just try and have a relationship over over years in this movie and it it it's good and it's bad and it works and it doesn't and it's It's very self-reflective of the Woody Allen character, because it it goes into, like, maybe these things that happened when I was a kid, um, maybe it's, maybe it's what I do, maybe it's because I'm really anxious, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, And, and one of the things that really works, I think, with this movie and makes it so interesting is it broke a lot of rules? it it um it broke the fourth wall a lot there there's a whole scene where like standing in line to go into a movie and he just you know he's talking to himself but then he'll look at the camera and he'll ask you a question and then he'll go back and then someone from the audience will like get involved in the conversation between or someone in the line gets involved in the conversation between you the audience and these characters. Um, there's some animated bits. There's a. Um, I don't. I don't want to say it's like experimental because it, it is. It is different. Uh, there's a lot of long shots. I guess you know uh, an, an average shot is like four to seven seconds. It's like double that in this movie. It's it's very interesting. It's very good. It's it's an important film, and and I think it's worth watching, which is why it's on this list. Woody Allen, Diane Keaton, Paul Simon, Christopher Walken in one of my favorite Christopher Walken roles, um, Walken roles, not rock and Um Yeah, Annie Hall, uh, nineteen seventy seven. Give it a watch. We have some news. Breaking news. Well, not really breaking news. It's the same news we have every week. It's just this week's flavor of it. Our lead story, no longer weird. And according to this, it's that time of year again, ladies and gentlemen. And the Homeward Bound Pet Adoption Center in South Jersey is stepping up in a feline sort of way. NBC 4 TV reported on January 26th that as part of a Valentine's Day promotion in return for a $50 donation, the shelter will name a feral cat after your ex, then spay or neuter it before releasing it back into the wild. Sporting the motto, because some things shouldn't breed, the program is aimed at reducing the feral cat population and satisfying disgruntled former lovers who are asked to supply only a first name or a nickname. Love is in the air, it says right there. You know. Comedy by amateurs. It's come to this, ladies and gentlemen. Looking for a cuddle in this season of love? Well, you can pop on over to Tokyo and the My Pig Cafe, where you can snuggle up with a petite porcine pal. The Associated Press reported that customers pay $15 for 30 minutes with the micro pigs who are clean and odor-free. Quote, each pig is unique. Each one has his or her own personality, said Shio Kitagawa, an executive at My Pig. People enjoy the interaction so much that they often don't bother with getting a drink. But Sachiko Azuma, head of an animal cruelty organization, isn't a fan. Quote, the animals have become tools for a money-making business, she said. I hope she never hears about petting zoos. Unconventional weaponry, ladies and gentlemen. Celia Barrett, 35, entered a gas station in St. Petersburg, Florida on January 28th, wearing no clothing and wielding a vegetable peeler, with which she threatened to kill staff members, Fox 35 TV reported. She told police she had consumed six shots of liquor before waving the peeler at workers and knocking over a display of Red Bull drinks. Deputies responded to the scene, and Barrett was taken into custody, where she remains. That was the 30th been six days well at the time of recording this I don't know if six shots of liquor would ever make me want to strip down and go into a gas station wielding a carrot peeler but you know some of us have a little more uh, experience with with our you know, drinking it's experience it's not a problem it's experience wrong place wrong time David Rip. oh boy David Richardson of Humpty Doo, Australia, was exonerated by Judge Therese Austin in late January after pleading guilty to exposing himself to a teenage worker in a drive through line at Hungry Jack's, the Daily Mail reported. The incident from last September took place a day after Richardson had consumed, quote, Pitbull Super, which combines Viagra with Cialis, and was suffering from a, quote, extremely painful result. I wasn't trying to flash myself at anyone, Richard said. I just wanted to grab a feed and go home. I honestly didn't think the workers would see me. However, the towel he'd placed over his lap didn't conceal his situation. The female worker said she was reduced to tears. Judge Austin told Richardson he should have gone to the hospital rather than to Hungry Jack's, but she agreed that there was no sexual intent and let him off the hook. Was it just a towel? I've worked... I've worked fast food, i worked drive through I've seen a lot of things. That would be near the top, but it wouldn't be like the worst. But yeah, don't, you know, just on my way to the hospital, gonna, gonna stop and grab a bite. Crime report, Bertha Yalter, 71, allegedly became enraged on January 28th after her husband of 52 years received a postcard from a woman he had dated 60 years ago, WPLG-TV reported. The couple from Can You Guess Where? If you said North Miami Beach, Florida, you are correct. They were at their home when Yalter attacked, trying to, quote, smother him with a pillow, bit, and physically battered him, police said. Remarkably, someone was taking video with a cell phone, which will be admitted into evidence. Yalter faces charges of attempted murder, aggravated battery, and tampering with a victim. Isn't that battery? And was held without bond. Tampering with a victim. Florida, y'all got some weird laws. Florida, by the way, Good old Florida. I don't know if you all heard about this, but there was a, a law, well, a bill. It didn't get signed. Thank God. There was a bill brought up because, you know, that Donald Trump fella, <coughs> he lives in Florida. Sometimes. When it's convenient financially for him to live there. He lives there. Um, a a state congressman representative Uh wanted to get a bill passed into law that said that we that you could use public funds to pay for Donald Trump's legal bills. <clears throat> and uh, to his credit, Ronnie D uh, vetoed it. Um, though it does make me wonder what Ronnie D would have done had he not dropped out and endorsed Trump. You know what I mean? Anyway, wait, what? Ladies and gentlemen, a dried 285-year-old lemon fetched $1,780 at auction in Shropshire, England, UPI reported on January 31st. The lemon was discovered in a 19th century cabinet that was being prepared for auction. But here's the weird part. It was inscribed, quote, given by Mr. P. Lafrecchini, November 4th, 1739, to Miss E. Baxter the cabinet sold for 40 bucks I like that the way that is phrased it makes it sound like we didn't have lemons until somebody discovered one in the 19th century in the cabinet the lemon was discovered in a 19th century cabinet No one knew what they were before then. Here's some bright ideas. The Steven Age, England police detained a man running with a small refrigerator strapped to his back, the BBC reported on January 29th. One police officer wound down his window and said, You understand we've got to stop you. Is that a fridge on your back? The runner said. What? I'm going to read that sentence again, start to finish. You see if you can pick where there's a problem. The sentence thus begins. Quote, one police officer wound down his window and said, Other quote, you understand we've got to stop you. Is that a fridge on your back? Quote quote, the runner said. There's better ways to write that, because what it what has happened is the runner said the cop said. But you've used the word said. And an extra set of quotations when they didn't need to. <clears throat> just, just, just read it again after you after you type it. Read it out loud. It'll help. As it turns out, Daniel Fairbrother wasn't stealing the appliance, but training for the London Marathon. Fairbrother told the office he has named the fridge Tallulah after the bobsled in Cool Runnings. He hopes to raise ten thousand pounds for Diabetes UK in honor of his friend Sam, who has type one diabetes. A police person said they quote wish Daniel all the best with training for the marathon," said the policeman. Said. Also, H O P Shop convenience stores or Hop, I don't know. It's all caps. In northern Kentucky, uh, have discovered a way to draw customers into the bathrooms, or maybe just to distract them from conditions within. W D K Y TV reported Dicky. The stores have installed a button on the wall that says, Do not push this button. When it's inevitably pushed, users experience a disco party, regular lights off, mirror balls, and colored spotlights on, and accompanying disco music such as, I've had the time of my life. And Gilbert, manager of human resources for Valor Oil, which owns Hop Shops, said they were trying to figure out something that would make us a destination. And now six stores feature the disco bathrooms. Boogie down indeed. So are the mirrored balls and all of that just in there anyway? Just like hanging out? It's much less interesting if you can see it coming. Overachievers. Graffiti artists have tagged more than 25 stories of an abandoned Los Angeles scri- skyscraper. excuse me. Kitla reported on February 1st. Renovations on Oceanwide Plaza stalled in 2019 and the building has been sitting empty. Darren Burgundy, a street photographer, sure he is, said he noticed taggers for the previous three nights. Quote, I could see people up on the balcony. He said, adding that he heard people were coming from out of state for the chance to tag the building. It's been wild to watch. It's not so luxury around here anymore. The LAPD, Alipedi, the LAPD, has made two arrests and is working with district officials to secure the building. And Kitla was there. The continuing crisis, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, Canoe.com absolutely exists. And on January 26th, that the rental uh, canoe.com reported that the rental real estate market in Toronto is rough, with high prices inspiring landlords to become extra creative. One listing for a room for rent in Brampton actually features a twin bed wedged into a space in the kitchen between the counter and a support column. As we know, it's all about location, 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 and the listing claims the quote sharing space is near colleges and universities, banks, grocery stores, and other conveniences. One commenter posted, now you can literally wake up and smell the coffee. You know how you guys fix that problem, landlords? Lower your rent. If the problem is you can't get people to afford the rent you're asking, you're asking too much rent. Would that one guy say the rent is too damn high? He's right. It's a mystery. Should you be near Edmonton, Canada in the coming days, keep an eye peeled for a missing 12-foot tall, 500-pound taxidermy polar bear. The BBC reported that the bear, standing on its back legs, was stolen from Lily Lake Resort sometime during the extreme January cold. The resort usually has 24-hour patrols, but they were canceled that night because of the temperatures. Wanda Rowe, who works at the resort, said the thieves would have had to cut cables that secured the bear and dragging it out to a waiting vehicle. It 100% had to be planned, she said. I don't believe that's true. I think I think some individuals are they're just ready for anything. And a good old-fashioned bear napping. You got to be ready for that. The moment could strike at any time. Going back to Warren Zevon's self-titled album uh, from 1976 this week, we're going to listen to a song that is near and dear to my heart called I'll Sleep When I'm Dead. Um, It's probably the most hard-driving tune on the album, I think it would be fair to say. Uh, basically, he's busy. He'll sleep when he's dead. What are you going to do? Nothing, that's what. It, it does go into some more of the... Um, Kind of, kind of darker side of his his sense of humor. Um, it's a it's a pretty good one. I th- I think it's all right. It's I wouldn't put it in his top ten, but it's 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 up there. I just enjoy the song. I think it's the dark and silly, and it's it's hard to find a balance with all those things. I think, and this one this one does it. Give it a listen. Well, ladies, gentlemen, others, all, 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 all you, all of you here or otherwise need to pull up a thing because I need, I need this. I need this for a thing. Uh, Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please consider giving us a like and a review and a rating. If you didn't like it, you know, do the same thing. You got opinions. I got opinions. You've been listening to mine for almost an hour here. Why don't you give me your opinion on my opinions and leave me a review somewhere? How about that? You can tell me I smell bad. I'm okay with that. I probably do. It's every other day, man, and this might be an off day when you're listening to it. Uh, if you did, though, please like, give a rating and a review and all that stuff. Like, comment, and subscribe, as we used to say back on YouTube when we were pretending that that was something that we could do. Um, if you enjoy the show, you can subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. If you just stumbled across this somehow, some way. If you're watching this on YouTube and you want to get the episodes uh, a little earlier, <clears throat> pardon me, that's how you do it. Subscribe. Any podcast software of your choice. Check out YouTube, speaking of, Jason's Groove Machine if you want videos of all of the stuff we're working on. Uh, like Final Fantasy Tactics, Genghis Khan 2, uh, that other game, we did. I don't even remember what it was now, <coughs> Ghouls and Ghosts, that's the game, Uh, Obra Dinn, and whatever else we may be streaming that week. And speaking of streaming, you can join us for a stream over on Twitch TV every Monday, 6pm Mountain Time. You can visit Jason's Groove Machine for links to all of the things that we're talking about right now All on your one-stop shop. Uh, for for non fruit peeler, vegetable peeler wielding uh, six liquor shot having people and if you want to kick in a couple of bucks and financially support the show you can visit buymeacoffee.com slash electric left and that'll give you access to the video version of the podcast where you can see all the fun and gestures I make you can see just how big this coffee cup is it's very large it echoes when I talk to it. And um yeah, all of that great stuff. I I got nothing else for you today, really. So. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me. I will move my mouse over here and I will see you guys next time.